praise the Lord. And that's what I've come to do today. Uh, we want to uh, make just a few announcements. We want to remember uh, that the Christmas program sign-up sheet is on the back podium. Be sure to sign up uh, so Sister Pam can take that down real soon and be able to uh, start looking for the program that she wants to put on. Also, uh, let's remember coming up, I think it's next Friday. Uh, Y'all are throwing me and my wife a dinner. And uh, so we're going to eat, and we're going to have a good time and celebrate 46 years of marriage. Amen. And then Sunday, September the 17th, Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be with us at the 11 a.m. service. And then he's going to be with us at Pikeville at the uh, 2 p.m. service. We're going to be celebrating the 11th anniversary service over there, my third year of being with Pikeville Apostolic Church. Also, uh, we have our homecoming services coming up in October, third weekend in October, Saturday and Sunday. Brother George Scott hopefully will be with us again this year. And then Harvest Time Crusade coming up the third weekend in November, which will be, I think, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh, we will have Brother Buddy Puckett, going to have Brother James Chesser, and then on Sunday, going to have Brother Michael Maupin back with us. So we're looking forward to having all of those great men of God come back and speak into our life. And um, also our prayer requests, we want to remind everyone of the last 10 that's on our list. And we want to remember uh, David Dayday Justice, Mike Bartley, Nicole Clevenger, Christopher Dotson, Keisha Dotson, Aiden Dotson, Bryson Dotson, Justin Coleman, this is our neighbor, and he needs a, a healing in his body. Uh, Hannah Garoth, and uh, this is a lady that we got a call about who's in ICU at Pipeville Hospital and needs a miracle in her life. So let's remember Hannah Garoth. Let's remember Deanna Valentine and also the Stevenson family. Let's remember them in prayer. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known just by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and opening up the, the service tonight. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us, Lord, to be gathered here together today to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us safe through the week, blessing us to be gathered here tonight. And, Lord, we don't want to take anything for granted. Lord, you've been so good to us. We could be sick in the hospital. We could be in ICU. We could be in the funeral home but Lord you have allowed us to be gathered here tonight to worship you thank you Lord for your mercy and for your love bless the singers bless the musicians bless brother DeBarge with five minutes with Timothy and Lord I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that is here today as we give you the praise in Jesus mighty name amen amen let's give the Lord and brother DeBarge a hand Praise the Lord. Come on, church, one more time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's the reason we're here tonight. Amen. He is the reason we're here tonight. Through his faithfulness, through his kindness, and through his mercy, he has brought us back once again into his presence, surrounded with like-minded individuals, souls that have a desire to be blessed of the Lord. If you come into this place tonight, you should come expecting. Because the Bible says, continue in prayer and watch in the same and give thanks. If you're praying for it, 
you best be watching for God to answer because he's a faithful God. And before he ever answers, go ahead and say thank you because we can trust in the Lord that we serve. Amen. Lord, we're going into the word of the Lord tonight. We're going to find ourselves in Matthew 4, starting at verse 1. And as you're flipping there, I appreciate everyone that's here tonight. Sometimes it's, it's easy to get to the house of the Lord, and sometimes you're fought every step of the way. But whenever you step into the house of the Lord, you're blessed. Whenever you step into the presence of the Lord, that weight begins to be lifted, and your spirit begins to be uplifted because you have stepped into the strength. You have stepped into the refuge, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, Matthew 4. Verse 1 says, And when Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that the, uh, these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse 5 says, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time that thou dash thy foot against a stone, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Notice that who he was speaking to, he was speaking to Jesus. And Jesus said, Don't tempt thy God. So therefore, Jesus is God. Just a little side note for you. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Last verse, verse 11 says, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Join me right now as we go before the presence of the Lord. And ask him to have his way in this place. Lord, I pray today that you begin to shake the foundations tonight. Begin to move in some people's lives, God. Lord, I love what I feel in this place. And I'm expecting you to do some more things that's going to blow some minds. That's going to shake some theology. God, begin to move in this place that people cannot deny that you are here. People cannot deny that you are real. God, I pray that you give a revelation to those that are seeking. I pray that you convict those. Those that are struggling, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, but not silent. Whenever we begin to read this short passage of Scripture, we begin to observe Jesus being who he was, an example. Jesus was an example to his church, to his bride, how to be a Christian, for that definition is to be Christ-like. We understand that a husband is to show the family how to be. And since Jesus is the groom and he is coming back for the bride, and we have seen through Scripture how Jesus is, we must be like him because the groom is giving an example. 
So in the scripture, we see Jesus giving an example that whenever he is tempted, he begins to quote scripture. That's why it's important to study to show yourself approved. Because whenever the devil comes against you and he begins to taunt you and he begins to offer you all kinds of things and begins to uh, kind of pick at your flesh and see where you're the weakest, that's where he's going to hit you. Not where you're strengthened. Not when you're fasting. You know, you're strengthened by fasting. Not when you're strengthened by prayer. But whenever you're weakened in the flesh, that's where he's going to hit you. So you need to be prayed up. You need to be studied up in the word. Amen. Come on, somebody. Whenever the devil come before Jesus, Jesus, and he was tempted, Jesus quoted scripture. You notice what the devil does next? The devil quoted scripture. Just because somebody has a silver tongue and can begin to quote scripture, just because they can get up and tickle your ear, does not mean they are called of God. If they are not preaching truth, if they are twisting God's word to fit their agenda, they are not of God and they are not anointed. Amen. You need to be praying for spiritual discernment for yourself to be able to understand and begin to discern the spirits and know whether this is a prophet of God or a false prophet of man. Amen. When we begin to look a little deeper, we see time and time again, whenever the flesh is weak, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus, a man without sin, he was even tempted. So do not feel like you are the only person that has ever dealt with temptation. Temptation is not sin, but temptation can lead to sin. Amen. The Bible says count it all joy if you find yourselves in diverse temptation. Okay. We need to understand that we are going to be beckoned by this world. We're going to be beckoned and we're going to be called and pulled by the adversary to make a mistake. Because a lot of times, church, I want you to hear me, a lot of times whenever we make a mistake, we are our own judge, jury, and executor. We put our own heads on the chopping block because we hold ourselves to such a high standard as Christians, which we should. But we hold ourselves to the standard so whenever we do mess up, we don't give ourselves any grace. If the Lord will forgive us, we need to forgive ourselves. And I feel I'm speaking to somebody tonight. If the Lord is willing to forgive you, you need to be willing to forgive yourself. Because he cannot bless you in your future endeavors if you're stuck in your past. Amen. So tonight I'll leave you with this. Do not answer the beckon of the enemy. Do not answer the call of the enemy to draw you to where they are. Remind them who you serve and say, get thee hence behind me, Satan, for I am a servant of God, and that's where I'm headed. You can keep talking all day long, but hey, I know where I'm headed. I'm taking up my cross, and I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm going to Jesus. Amen. Let's turn. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Let's stand to our feet as the praise team comes. Let's clap our hands. Let's lift our voices. And let's worship as the praise team leads us into that atmosphere. One day when heaven is filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth through 
became flesh and the light shined among us. His glory revealed. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they laid him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree.
What a glorious day that's going to be. Oh, have you ever thought about that morning? And we say morning, it could be noon, it could be afternoon, but we just say it's a morning because it's going to be a new day. Once we're raised to walk in newness of life in heaven, it's going to be a great day. Amen. We're going to uh, ask our ushers to come. We're going to take up today's offering. Give us the Lord blesses you. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to contribute in the offering. We know, Lord, that there are ways that we are to support the work that you have called us to do. Some is in tithes, which is a tenth, and some is in offerings. We ask, Lord, that you would bless us, that we would contribute in all areas, because we want to be subjective to you and obedient to your word. In the mighty name of Jesus. When the breeze turns into a gale 
and make the sun shine again. I know the master of the wind. He can calm the storm and make the sun shine again. I know the master of the wind. He can calm the storm and make the sun shine again. I know the master of the Stir the wind. There's a, a lot of things that people um, know, I guess we could say, and a lot of things that people um, aspire to know. But I'm glad I know Jesus. Um, some people says, do you know a good doctor I can go to? Or do you know a good dentist or a good eye doctor? I'm glad that I can recommend a doctor, a physician, anything you need. His name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me. We're studying our starting points, how to have revival. And uh, all of these lessons, 52 of them, and we're on lesson 14 we understand that there are things that has been proven in the Word of God to bring revival. There has been things that have been proven with other churches to bring revival. Um, there's an old song just says, let's have a revival from the pulpit to the pew. Let's have a revival that starts with me and you. And reaches out to a lost and dying world to bring them in. This is our joy. This is our peace. I believe that uh, there's, there's uh, one verse in there, and I don't know all of it. But it says, I asked that old time preacher how they had revival back then. And uh, ended up uh, with two books. The song book and the Bible. Praise and worship with the Word of God. That will bring revival. Every time that you need a move of God, every time that you want God to move, it's not always going to be in your tears. Sometimes it's going to be because you praise Him through your tears. You worship Him through your tears. And you get out the Word of God and you say, Show me in your Word what I need. Amen. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 16. And then uh, we're going to go all the way to verse 2 of chapter 6. Just reading straight through. Uh, how many knows that chapters and verses were not in the original, original script? Man put those there. So, so when somebody says Romans chapter 3, whatever, man put those there. Uh, it was all a manuscript. So... Um, I'm glad that we do have chapter and verses because it's easier to reference and find things when you want to find them. 
So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. Everybody say all things are of God. God's in the midst of it all. That's right. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You see, we've been given that word to minister to others with. How many knows that it's not his will that any should perish? And because of that, we should not want one person to backslide. We shouldn't want one person to backslide. We should do our best to give them a word of reconciliation, restoration. I don't care how bad it gets in their life. If they haven't blasphemed the Holy Ghost, the church ought to be willing to try to restore. Right? Three arrows. <laughs> to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin. For us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 1 of chapter 6, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also, that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We want to just talk to you a little bit tonight about how God reveals himself through his people. God reveals himself. Some, some people, the only Jesus they're ever going to know is when they talk to you. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that there are starting points that we can have revival. And if we follow through with these, we're going to see a great increase. We're going to see backsliders come back to you. We're going to restore people that feel like that their life has been erased and, and just drifted so far that they'll never be restored. But, Lord, you have given us the word of reconciliation. You have reconciled us. And, Lord, we ask that you would help us reconcile others by teaching them your word and showing that they too can return unto you for it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray amen amen let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap and you may be seated have you ever heard and read in the scripture where it just simply talked about God's people returning to him returning to him um, I think it's important that we understand that these verses that we just read to you 
tell us that God expects every one of us to be a witness for Him. To help people be reconciled to Him. Now we can't reconcile them per se, but we give them the word that we have been given. So that they can see that they can be restored. In the garden, Adam and Eve had such a wonderful relationship with the Lord. It was a relationship to where they had everything they needed. They didn't have to worry about a job. They didn't have to worry about money. They didn't have to worry about a local hospital. They didn't have to worry about keeping appointments. All they had to worry about was one commandment. And we see that in that garden of that perfect atmosphere, basically heaven on earth, we find that the devil shows up and decides that he wants to break the relationship between Adam and Eve and God. How many knows that broken relationships are one of the most hurtful things and hardest to restore? If you're, if you're uh, you know, talking about a relationship, you got a good uh, relationship with somebody, or maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's uh, a friend, uh, you know, you, you start breaking those relationships and it gets hard to restore because, uh, you know, if it's friendships, people quit trusting you, right? If you break relationships, people quit trusting you. How many times has somebody, uh, you know, maybe uh, told their, their spouse, I'll never beat on you anymore, I won't do it anymore, and then they go right back and do the same thing again. It gets harder for that person to trust and, and it, it, it messes with the ability to reconcile. Uh, in fact, if we read the Word of God, sometimes even talking about offended brethren, uh, they're harder to win than a fenced city, a walled city, if you will. It, it's, it's harder to win. Now, a walled city, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, if somebody wanted to break through this fence out here, it's very easy. But in the walls of Jericho, that was a walled city. It would be very hard to break through that. So the Lord began to give us an understanding that if, if we're not careful and we uh, offend someone or break down in that relationship with, with someone, they become very hard to win back. How many times have you uh, talked to a backslider and they just simply looked at you and said, they hurt me too bad. I, was, I just was hurt too bad. I just I was done wrong. Anybody ever heard that? I, I was done wrong. Uh, and that may be true. And it may not be true. But the thing is, you see how hard it is to talk to someone who has had a broken relationship. Now, think of that in our relationship with the Lord. How hard it is if we have that broken relationship. When Lucifer came into the garden and he began to just... Uh, talked to Eve, and, and then eventually Adam came into the picture. We find that there are some things that, that Lucifer had in mind. He still has the same thing in mind today. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's all he's out for. He's not out to just make your life more fun or to make your life more liberated or to make you just a little bit miserable or uncomfortable. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. 
And he wants to destroy every good thing about you. Why? Because he rebelled in heaven. And he doesn't want anybody else to go there. So he is out to destroy the relationship of the church with our Lord. Right? Now, I think that's important to understand because revival doesn't happen on broken relationships. Revival happens when we get those relationships mended. Revival happens when you see somebody come back to the Lord that was a backslider. Revival happens when you see somebody fall out of uh, sin into love with Jesus. Then you begin to see revival. Revival is the expectation of the church. From the very beginning of the church, we see that the church went from city to city telling people about Jesus. They wasn't just worried about maintaining their small little group. The 120 wasn't just worried about keeping 120. They wasn't just worried about staying in Jerusalem. They wasn't just worried about staying localized. They wanted to reach as many people as they could to tell them about Jesus. I was just talking to Brother Dwayne just before service, and I, I, I've been thinking on this a lot lately of how that the, the first church that was birthed and which we are still a part of in the upper room, when they came out of that upper room, the only thing on their mind was not going back to their job, where they was going on vacation, what they was going to do uh, in life. Uh, they, they had one thing on their mind. I got to find somebody who doesn't know about Jesus and tell them about Jesus. That is our agenda because we're ambassadors of Christ. You know, an ambassador is not the president. An ambassador is, is a representative of the country. Now, I don't know if you know this, but we have ambassadors to just about every country. Not all, but just about every country. And uh, those ambassadors are the people that listens to the president and then they go and tell another country, this is what we can offer you. This is how we can help you. This is what we can do for you. They're just ambassadors. We're ambassadors of Christ. We find that when we talk to the Lord, He gives us the word of what we're to tell others. And what are we to tell others? We're to tell others about how good He is. When's the last time you just walked up to somebody in conversation and just said, God's been so good to me. When's the last time you walked up in your friend's circle and you just began to say, ain't God good? You know, it, it, it becomes more about weather. It becomes more about hurricanes. It becomes more about, uh, you know, the daily events and what we're going through ourselves, rather than trying to seek somebody that we can tell Jesus about. Revival is only going to happen when we quit talking about ourselves and start talking about Jesus. Amen? I think that it's so important that we understand that we are to go forth and we are to be witnesses. Now, 
we all think that our witness is how we dress. That's not your witness. That, that's just a standard you hold. Your witness is about Jesus. How you love him. How you live for him. How you give up everything for him. You see, we got to give up everything for Jesus. Because, uh, you know, the Lord just gave us many illustrations in the word that we have to forsake all. You know, we have to pick up our cross daily and follow him. We have to forsake all. And, and sometimes we forget because, you know, we're living in a culture that is so wrapped up in ourselves and our churches, if you will, and I say our churches because that's the way people view it. They view it as their church. It's not our church, it's his church. We are part of his church. Now, I know how when people reference that, some people says it in the right manner, but some people are wrapped up in just having church that pleases them. If we can sing the right songs and I can feel real good, I might clap my hands. Right? Oh, if, if that preacher gets a little bit excited and can raise his voice just one more octave or lower it more, one more octave, then I can really worship. So we get in that frame of mind. But actually, we come to church to hear his word, have our faith increase. So when we go out those doors, we go out into a world that needs Jesus. And we ought to be like uh, we ought to be like someone who is is out. Anybody ever been coon hunting? Anybody ever been fishing? Anybody's ever been deer hunting? You know, you don't go out in the woods and just walk around and say, "I got a nice bow." This sure is a nice bow. I got. Look at these arrows. Woo, man, them's nice. I paid seventeen dollars a piece for them at Kabbalah's. I don't know nothing about hunting. I'm, I'm just speaking off the top of my head. But, you know, you know, and, and, and nobody goes out in the middle and say, look at my camouflage outfit. Man, I look like a hunter. I, I, can, I can camouflage myself. Look, that bird didn't see me because I'm camouflaged. You know, we, we, nobody goes out hunting and it's all about themselves or all about their equipment or all about the way they're dressed or all about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the hours getting late. I, I got to get home. Nobody does that. You know what they do? They start looking for what they're hunting. They start looking for what they're hunting. So if you're a deer hunter, you ain't worried about the squirrels. No, the squirrels can play all day and you ain't worried about them. Uh, you ain't worried about, uh, you know, that, that bobcat that just went by you or that black bear that just sniffed you out. Uh, you, you ain't worried about, you're worried about deer. And, and you, want, you want to hunt the biggest, best deer you can find. Okay? And I always like this. My, my sisters used to ask my brother-in-law, did you catch anything? You don't catch nothing when you go hunting. You kill it, it's dead, it's over. <laughs> but um, nobody talks about the way they're dressed. Nobody talks about, uh, you know, their hunting license. Oh, look at my license. <laughs> you know, that'd be like us just walking around and say, oh, look here, look here. Oh, man, look here. I, I've got, I got UPC license. Woo. 
Nobody talks about that because you know why? That's not important. But I'll tell you what is important is we start seeking out who we're hunting. Who are you hunting for? We're hunting for somebody who's not serving Jesus. We want to find somebody that's not serving Jesus. Somebody who, who is not in church. Somebody who is not serving the Lord. Somebody who may know about Jesus and may be even as far to say, I've been praying, but you're hunting for them that need Jesus. That's what the disciples did. Guess what? That's what we got to do. Revival will come when we start hunting. Okay? Now, if we start hunting, we're going to bring something back. Because no hunter likes to go in the field and spend four to six to eight hours and come home empty-handed. Right? No hunter wants to do that. They want to bring back what they went hunting for. So what we got to do as the church is bring people to church. That's right. That's right. It's not all about just asking. It's not all about just talking about, we got a guest speaker coming. Oh, you ought to come hear them. They're awesome. It's about telling people who don't know Jesus, Jesus, come to church with me. Make it personal. Come to church with me. And uh, I guarantee if you start inviting people and hunting people and, and revealing Jesus to them before they ever get to church. Now here's the mistake that a lot of people make. Is we, we don't introduce them to Jesus. We introduce them to Cornerstone. Right? Think about it. We introduce them to Cornerstone. Well, that's great. You know, that's awesome. But that ain't going to save them. You know, uh, you, you might say, oh, oh, you got to come and hear our singers sing. We're introducing them to singers, not Jesus. You see, a lot of times we, we forget what we're supposed to be doing. You know, you've got to keep our mind on things. We've got to focus on what we're doing. And in order to have revival, we have to bring people to Jesus. Introduce people to Jesus. What, remember the first question that they asked some of the 12 disciples of John when they found them? They didn't talk about where you go to church at. Hey, how's it going, brothers? Be blessed. See you later. No, first thing they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? When's the last time? And I want everybody to think about this, and I guarantee it's been a while. <laughs> When's the last time any of you have asked someone, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Think about it. When's the last time? Six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, when you got saved, because, you know, when we get saved, we're ready to save the world, right? We, we get up from that altar, man, we're telling everybody, oh, you got to come to church. Woo-hoo, I got the Holy Ghost. 
If we're not careful, we will forget what he's called us to do. And that's why revival doesn't happen in the U.S. like it does when you hear of Africa or you hear of Ethiopia or you hear of some other country having a great outbreak of revival and you wonder, why do those people have the miracles and the, and the healings and, and all of the dead being raised up and blinded eyes opened up and, and revival happened? It's because they're not there talking about themselves. Right? When missionaries go on a mission field, they're telling people about Jesus. I believe we could have the greatest revival that ever hit the U.S. if we'd start talking about Jesus again. Introducing people to Jesus. I thought about this, and I've been thinking about this ever since I studied this lesson and just past few days when the disciples gave their life to Jesus, um, everything that they thought about was how are we going to win more people to Jesus? Who can I talk to? What city can we go to? How are we going to get there? How will they accept us? I said this too, and I say this to all of us. The reason we don't get persecuted like John the Baptist the reason we don't get persecuted like Paul, the reason we don't get persecuted like James, you know why we don't get persecuted like that? Because we have literally quit going up and telling people about Jesus. Oh, if I walk up to my coworker and say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They'd be ready to fight. Exactly. Exactly. That's why when you read in the Bible, the disciples were thrown in prison. It wasn't because they didn't like the way they were dressed. It wasn't because they didn't like the, where they went to church at. Every time they were thrown in prison, you know what it was said about them? Because they were preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you might say, well, I'm not going to jail for nobody and I'm not going to be persecuted and I'm certainly not going to risk my life. But you see, if we want to have revival, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take putting our reputation on the line. People ain't going to like you when you start talking about Jesus. They ain't going to tell you how pretty you are when you start letting your hair grow out and you're wearing your modest apparel. They're not going to look at you young men and say, well, you ought to let your hair grow out and put it in a ponytail and, and you ought to start wearing some muscle shirts and, and show, you, show your guns off. They're not going to like you. You know why they're not going to like you? Because you're representing Jesus. They hated Jesus. Why do you think the Bible says, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake? But I want everybody to like me, Pastor. Well, everybody ain't going to like you. I don't care if you, give, if you had a roll of bologna under each arm and a loaf of bread in each hand and you walked up to a starving person, somebody ain't going to like you. Somebody's going to look at you and say, you Jesus name people, you don't even know what the Bible says. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put you down. 
You start talking about Jesus and you can lose an audience real quick. Sometimes even in church. You can start talking about Jesus and the things that Jesus can do for people and they want to receive the loaves and the fishes but they don't want to follow Jesus in the multitude. If we're going to have revival, it's going to take a little bit of putting ourselves on the line. It's going to be a time that we realize we are ambassadors of Christ. I represent the kingdom of God. I don't represent Richard McKinney. I don't represent necessarily Cornerstone. But I do represent Jesus Christ. You represent Jesus. First and foremost, you represent Jesus. We find that if we're going to have revival like they did in the early church, we find that they had revival. 5,000, 3,000, the very first message preached on the day of Pentecost after receiving the Holy Ghost, 3,000 people got saved. When's the last time you heard in Phelps 3,000 people got saved? Pike County, let's just go to Pike County. They got 7,900 and some people. When's the last time that you heard of the state of Kentucky having 3,000 people? The closest we came was when Asbury College had a breakout of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? They wasn't even United Pentecostal Church. They wasn't Pentecostal altogether. They were just hungry for a move of God. God honors hunger. I would like to say that the scriptures that says, He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled is for everybody to understand. He honors hunger. If we're going to have revival, 3,000 souls, can that happen? Yes. I'd like to say, if you don't believe that, I pray that you come to this altar and ask the Lord to increase your faith. You might say they ain't 3,000 people in Phelps. They may not be, but I guarantee in Pike County, Mingo County, and Buchanan County, there's 3,000 people. And I'm going to say this, 3,000 lost people. And what we got to do, we got to believe. We got to take the word to people. We got to take Jesus to people. We've got to tell people about Jesus. Why? Because that's the only way that revival is going to break out like it did when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. We love to quote it. We love to talk about it. We talk about the cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each other. Oh, we shout and we carry on and we just think that's the best thing since sliced bread and rightly so. But I will tell you this. There's something greater that when 3,000 people said, men and brethren, what must we do what must I do to be saved they they asked the question and the response was so important because it was all about Jesus repentance is still about Jesus because repentance and remission of sins must be preached in his name baptism has to be in the name of Jesus there's no question about it. I don't know how people sidestep that. Intelligent, highly educated people that can tell you everything else the Bible says, but don't believe that. 
And the only way you ever see in the New Testament anybody being baptized is in the name of Jesus. How are you going to get the Holy Ghost? Well, I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to be because of your looks, the way you dress, and the way you shout. Here's what he said. He said, I... He first of all said, I'll send you another comforter. But he didn't stop there because he's talking about being led into all truth and all this. And no man need of anybody to teach you. The Holy Ghost is teaching all. And then he said, I will come to you. Read your Bible. It's a fast name book. I'm not checking wind direction. <laughs> But we find that, that this, was, this was something that we need to understand. That, that receiving the Holy Ghost is going to be in Jesus' name. So how am I going to get somebody to come to church? Introduce them to Jesus. Now I will grant you some people will come to church when we have a dinner. And that's great. I, you know, and I want to say this because I want us to understand this. If anybody just comes for a dinner and don't ever come back, don't ever talk about them, put them down, or say anything negative. It could be the only meal they got that day. We don't know people's situations. We think we know them because they got a cigarette in one hand and a cell phone in the other. We think everything's fine. Little kids' bellies might be growling. I'm just saying. I, I want to I throw that out there. Because people will come to dinners. Then you got those people that won't come to dinners. Well, praise God. I ain't come all year long. I sure ain't going to come because you're getting food out. Right? Anybody ever heard somebody tell you that? You invite, I ain't come all year, you know, and I don't want to come because they'll only, they'll only think I'm there for the food. See, if we're not careful, we will ruin someone's chance of being saved. Because we'll go out and say, the only time they ever come to church when we have a turkey. <laughs> Don't ruin somebody's chance to be saved. Right? Also, when you, when you look at the 3,000 and then later 5,000, later 12, it don't mean they was, it was going up and then coming down and then it's going to wane out to nothing. You know, our baptismal pool should never be untroubled for any length of time. If you know somebody that has not been baptized in Jesus' name, they may be baptized in the titles. You need to tell them they need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Right? Well, they won't like me. Well, who you want to like you better? Jesus or who you're talking to? Because Jesus holds your crown. I'm going to tell you, family will leave you, friends will let you down. Besties will say that they're your besties and they'll turn and stab you in the back as soon as you turn your back on them. Right? All these things. You see, I, I'm old enough to know all this. 
Some things are by experience. Some things are by knowledge. But when you have knowledge and experience and a lot of gray hair and no hair, you can tell people some stuff because we've been there. I begin to think about all of this. How can we have revival here in East Kentucky? Because after all, the, the uh, view of East Kentucky is we're a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> all we know to do is blow on the jug that we just emptied out. Banjos playing in the night. <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, no teeth. That's what people think of us. We don't have any teeth. We're, we're usually barefoot. And, and we're uneducated. And the only reason that there's some educated people in this area is because they felt sorry for us and give us a few teachers. That's the way a lot of people view us. But you know what? We've got to break that stigma. And we've got to tell people, East Kentucky is a beautiful place to live. In the fall of the year, God's handiwork is none better anywhere in the country. I'd like to say that if we can start telling people around here that Jesus loves them, and so do we, we're going to start seeing revival break out, and it will surprise you how many people come in from this area. Okay? Now... I'm going to tell you, this church won't hold them all. This church wouldn't hold them off. We had 17 churches this size. Because there's people out there that need Jesus. And they're waiting, they're waiting on somebody who's going to tell them something that will pull at the strings of their heart. So his power works in us we now have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We now have the power of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to what? Witness. Tell somebody about Jesus. I'm just too ashamed, Pastor. You don't have the Holy Ghost. Right? Because the Holy Ghost gives you power to witness. So don't tell me that's just not my personality. That's just not the way I am. I'm just too shy. No, get the Holy Ghost and there won't be nobody able to shut you up. <laughs> I know some people must have had the Holy Ghost for years. Wouldn't it be great if you couldn't shut people up about Jesus? You just, you just go out to school or you go out in the community, you're pumping your gas and somebody on the other side and you just look around the corner and you say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Uh, Y'all think I'm joking. This is how you have revival. 
you start telling people about Jesus. How good's Jesus been to you? If I was to ask you, has Jesus been good to you? What's he done for you that makes you want to serve him? What, what is it that makes him so good to you? You see, you got to answer these questions because somebody's going to ask you when you say, oh, you ought to serve Jesus. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. What's he done for you? Uh, um, 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 um. And then you know what they look and they say, that's exactly what I thought. We've got to have more than just a line. We've got to have an experience. If you want to know how good Jesus has been to me, I'll tell you all about it. I'll start back in 1958. I'll take you through 65 years of goodness. I can tell you when he's been good to me and when he's saved me from stuff and protected me from stuff and blessed me so many times. And, and that's what you tell people. You don't have to look at them and say, Hey, we're Jesus' name people, and if you don't dress right, talk right, and spit white, you can't go to heaven. They're going to look at you and say, I don't care who you are. You've got to reach them with Jesus. God is love, right? So if you're going to reach them, you're going to reach them with love. These verses tell us that God expects every Christian to be a witness, his ambassadors. God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us has the ministry to reconcile somebody to Jesus. Giving us that ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us must remain alert and available to the direction of the Spirit of God. Let me ask you a question because this is, this is all good concerning revival. When's the last time you let God lead you in something? When's the last time that you actually let God lead you? You thought, no, I can't do this. Or you thought, no, I'm not going to talk to that person. Or you said, no, I'm not going there. But the Lord said, yes, I want you to speak to them and tell them for me. Me and my wife was talking just the other day. I guess it might be him today. And she said, uh, I was going to do something, say something. I was going to do whatever. And, and the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord led me. And just said, stop. Right? Now, I can say that to her. <laughs> I don't mean nothing. But when God says it, it means everything. When's the last time you listened to the voice of the Lord? When you didn't want to talk to somebody, but he kept pushing you. And you kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then finally it left you. And you didn't get to do it. Wouldn't it have been great to have that person as a person that you reconciled to the Lord? 
introduced to Jesus, got them to come to church, give their life to the Lord. How many friends have you seen today that you could have had here tonight if you'd talked to them about Jesus? I guarantee this building wouldn't hold everybody because I've met some people today. You've met some people today. You've hung out with people today, right? Revival is not going to happen because the preacher preaches good. Revival ain't going to happen because the singers sing good. Revival ain't going to happen because we got an awesome music department. But revival's going to happen when we begin to tell people about Jesus. And we tell people how good he is, how awesome he is, what he can do for them, how he can lead them out. We have to be ambassadors of Christ. No Christian should be timid or hesitant about witnessing. Revival's not going to happen if we're too shy to have revival. Now let me tell you this. If you're too shy to shout, we ain't going to have revival. Remember back in the day, we was talking about this. I don't forget who I was talking to. We was talking about back in the day. We, we, we run the aisles. People shouted, speaking in tongues. Not just on Sunday, not just during revival. Every service. What happened? Did we get so comfortable, so dignified, so educated that we think we don't need that anymore? I'm going to tell you, you need the Holy Ghost. You need it. I need it. We need to have old-time church just like that happened back on the day of Pentecost, happened back in the 60s, happens now. We need some old-fashioned, sin-killing, devil-chasing camp meeting. Somebody help me just for a moment. If we're going to have revival, we're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to be timid. We're going to express ourselves in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, I would like to say that a lot of times people think if you clap, you're clapping to affirm whatever the preacher's saying. That's not why you clap. Some people say, well, now, if I get all excited and stand on my feet, that preacher will think I'm on board with everything he's doing. No, that's not why you do it. You're worshiping God. It's all about what is being preached. Says, yeah, that's how he's talking about my Jesus. When he's talking about healing, yeah, he's talking about my Jesus. When he's talking about salvation, he's talking about my Jesus. Somebody ought to praise him again right now with some affirmation of who he is. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He said, but, you know, in the church and in public, sometimes I just need to speak in my own language so you can understand. Because what good's it going to do if I come in speaking in tongues for an hour, stand in the pulpit speaking in tongues all the 45 minutes I'm allotted to preach, and you go home and you say, well, he sure was excited. Not going to do you any good. 
But that doesn't mean quench the spirit and don't shout anymore. That means that there is a place for everything. There's a time and a season for everything. We are to preach. We are to sing. We are to worship. We are to praise. And all of that's supposed to happen in the service. I'm going to say that again. All that's supposed to happen in the service. And then when we let it happen in the service, it becomes our lifestyle. So that when we go out there in the world, people still see us saying, thank you, Jesus. I used to go to the post office all the time. I, I still go to the post office. But I, I'd go to the post office and I'd, I'd meet Sister Shauna's mommy. And uh, I love to meet her at the post office because... We, if we wasn't in those isolated places, it didn't matter if they was 25 people standing in line. It didn't matter if they had their stamps in hand or not. I'd look at, I'd look at her and I'd say, how you doing today, sis? I'm blessed. And I'd say all the time, responding back, I'd say, yes, we are. People in the post office, kind of like, okay. You know what? I'm not there for the post office. I'm not in this world just for me. I'm in this world because I want to tell somebody else, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You ought to tell somebody at the post office you're blessed. Still saying, how you doing? Well, I've been having a few aches and pains and my arthritis and my asthma's acting up again. If you notice when I ask how you doing, if you start going into this stuff, I keep walking. You ever notice that? I'm sure some of y'all just looked at me and said, he's walked off in mid-sentence. I wasn't done telling him all my aches and pains yet. <laughs> I just want to know how you're doing. Are you well? We're well, ain't we, Gracie? You know why we're well? If we do well, we believe in one God. So I'm well. Amen. Another thing. Remember the woman who left a dead son at home? And she comes and the prophet's saying, how's it going? <laughs> All's well. Just left a dead person back at home. You see, we get so wrapped up in what we leave at home. Oh. I could preach about a week on that. We get so wrapped up on what we leave to come to church that we can't even concentrate on having revival while we're here. I want to feel God while I'm here. I want to worship while I'm here. And, and, and I'm not jumping on anybody, so please don't think it's a jump on portion of the scripture. That comes a little later. No, I'm just kidding. You know, the praise team is what? A praise team. This is not helping anybody. I love you, Jesus. Yes. Ooh. Right? But this helps people. 
praise team ought to have some praise in them. Praise team, I guarantee you go to conference, their praise team don't get all lined up and everybody stands side by side, elbow room only. Jesus. No, you'll see them break out of line and start going across the platform. You'll see somebody raising their hand. You'll see somebody going that way. You'll see somebody going back. You'll see somebody moving. That's what a praise team does. Read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. Peace. For those of you who don't know why I do that, that we got some counters in the church that count every time I say, read your Bible's fascinating book. Worker. <laughs> we thinking about all of this praise and worship. Um if you read the Word of God, yeah, now you have to <laughs> take it back. Um, the, the people that were the singers and musicians, they went in front of the people going to war. And what did they do? They were praising God. They were praising Him for the victory before they ever got the victory. They were praising Him because He's the God of the battle. He's the God of victory. He's the God that healeth. He's the God that helpeth. He's the God that will see me through. So they would praise and worship and, and that's what I want to, I want us, our praise team, to be reminded of this. You know, I, I don't just stand over here and rock back and forth on this base just because my back hurts. A lot of times you'll see me doing this. You know what I'm doing? I'm praising him on the instrument. If we don't learn how to praise him, ain't nobody out there sitting going to ever clap their hands ever raise their hands, they're going to say, well, they're on verse 3. That means they got two more courses and they're going to quit. I seen Miss McKinney do this, so now they're stopping. Nobody shouted. Nobody felt God. Nobody responded. I'm just helping us. Somebody say, help me have revival. Help me have revival. I want to know how to have it. I want to know what it feels like to have revival. I want to know what it's like to know that if we will praise him, that the Lord's going to sweep through this place. Long faces bring long faces. How many knows that, that you, you uh, produce something your frowns produce other frowns your joy produces other joy you see if I come up here and I just say 
Every one of you is heathens. You can run heathens and you can't hide. Ain't nobody going to be shouting about that. You know? If I have to do, stand up here and do a little pastoring every now and then, and you sit there and say, who's he mad at? No, I'm just pastoring. It's, it's, it's what I'm called to do. It's my job. It's my calling. But, but if I stand up here and I start telling you some good things about Jesus, if I don't get excited about it, how do I expect you to get excited? If I'm not excited about Wednesday night, how am I going to get people that are sitting home right now watching on the little camera? They say, well, praise God. He pointed to the camera. You ought to be thankful I didn't mention your name. I'm just saying, if I come happy and joyful and uh, I'm excited about the Word of God, it's not so you respond to me. It's so you can respond to Him. Revival. Revival. I, I got to hurry up. Revival. Um. Music department's going to play excitedly and anointedly. Singers are going to sing excitedly and anointedly. Preachers are going to preach excitedly and anointedly. Ain't nothing no worse. And may get up and say, turn. If I can, if I can stand... My back's killing me, but if I could stand and preach to you 12 people. I've actually had people do that. I was that close a couple of times, just grabbing them by the coattails and say, uh, if you don't care, go ahead and sit down. I'll take it from here. You need somebody up here all gloom and doom. You worked all week. I'm just going to tell you where you're at. You worked all week or you've been aggravated all week and you've been through some stuff and the last thing you want to do is come to church and hear some boring beat me up and chew me up and spit me out type of sermon. You want to know Jesus loves you. You want to know he's going to be your help. You want to know he's going to be there for you. Amen. So, so we're going to start getting excited. Remember that, uh, you know, striking three times. We, we're not going to do that. We, go, we should have struck many times because uh, we understand one arrow, but we're, we're striking several times. Um, we understand that um, there are many benefits of receiving the Holy Ghost. We all can agree to that. But the one that I really want to get to is just he gives us power to witness. By His Spirit, He gives us power to love the lost. Do you know that you can love people you couldn't love before? If you got the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you about this. And you're going to disagree with me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Since I got the mic. There'll be people say things and do things to you that you don't like. But because you have the Holy Ghost, you still love them. 
Now, I know all y'all that's got parents, you know, I used to have them. And you know what? Whenever they did something to me, made me mad, wouldn't let me go somewhere, wouldn't let me do something, did I get mad? Yes. Did it change my love for them? No. You see, we might have disagreements in the church, but that shouldn't change our love for one another. We might have somebody out there that's done something to us in the world or in another church, but that don't mean we got to stub up and take seven years before we can ever get a hallelujah out again. I'm not going to let the devil or nobody take me down a road of no return to where I don't value. You know what worship actually means? It comes from a word meaning worthy. When you worship the Lord, you're saying he's worthy. If you don't worship the Lord, you know what you're saying? He's not worthy. I want to be a worshiper. I want to be a worshiper. Amen. Very quickly. His spirit gives us power to love the lost. See their needs and take action. Here's what the Bible says. Romans 12 and verse 20, if, if we can bring that up on the screen. Romans 12 and verse number 20. Therefore, if thine enemy, everybody say enemy, enemy. If thine enemy hunger, laugh in his face. Tell him that's what you get for being my enemy, stupid. No, feed him. Feed my enemy. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. If he thirst, what am I going to do? Hope he dies? No, give him drink. This is our enemy, the person that done you wrong, the person that put you down, the person that you would love to hate, but you can't because you're a Christian. And Christians don't hate anything but sin and the devil. Right? Oh, it got quiet. It got quiet. No, I can hate that person, Pastor, because you don't know what they've done to me. I've had people do me wrong. I had people, I've had people, I bought a brand new bass one time. Oh, I loved that bass. I was lusting after that bass. I wanted that bass. That bass was the most important thing on my agenda. I got to work some overtime and buy that bass. Because it's all about that. No, no, I'm just checking you. I'm just checking you. <laughs> I had it on a little stand. <laughs> I had it on a little stand. All of a sudden, somebody started shouting. In the old days, they shouting. And the more they shouted, the closer they was getting to my base. And I was like that person in slow motion going, no. <laughs> Trying to dive in and catch it. If you want to see all the battle scars it received that one night, you can, you can uh, I'll have to bring it and uh, let you see it, but you can see every one of them. He not only knocked it over, stomped it into the ground, 
Woo! I mean, right on top of it. Every time it boom, 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 boom. And I'm going, there ain't going to be no bass left. And I pick it up. As soon as there was a sidestep, I grabbed it. I'm like carrying a dead. I'm, and I'm looking at it. Keys are bent. I'm like, oh. I'm looking at scars. It was ebony black, like that right there, but it had all sorts of wood showing. you know what? I still love that person. I don't know if God did it or not. <laughs> but I will say this, I still love that person. You see, sometimes we got to understand that it's our enemy that we have to um, feed, give drink. For in doing so, or in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So, you know what? If you want to burn up your enemy and get your enemy all mad, don't fight them. Don't put on Facebook, you know who you are, praise God. And then let them read it. Five, four, three, two, one. Delete. See, there's all sorts of tricks on Facebook. People say and speak their mind, then it's gone. That's why they do little things called screenshots. Where you'll pull it back up and say, no, remember? No, that ain't why you do it. You just do that in case somebody else says, they ain't never done nothing to you. Oh, really? Now y'all thinking twice. Be careful what you post on Facebook. Be careful what you post on Facebook. There's a father up above. People taking snapshots not in love. I used to be a songwriter. <laughs> Can't tell it, but I used to be. Heaps of coal. On their fire, on their head. You know what that means? It, it burns your enemy up when you're good to them. Your enemy wants you to be mean to them. So they can say, see? I had an enemy one time that wanted me to do something. Wanted to provoke me to do something. You know those type of enemies. Wants to provoke you. You know what? I didn't fall for it. How you doing, brother? Glad to see you again. How's things going? They weren't expecting that. They was expecting to be shunned, act like they wasn't never there or ever born. Love your enemies. Give them food to eat. Give them water to drink. 
In doing so, you're going to heap coals of fire on their head. They ain't going to be able to sit still because you're so good to them. I thought they hated me. I thought they wanted to do me in. I thought, no, you're showing the love of Jesus. You're an ambassador of Christ. Right? Okay. Closing. By doing this, we identify with Jesus and his purpose. He gives us power to view humanity from his point of view. How many knows humanity has got a lot of problems? We're not lovable. If you're left to your humanity, you become unlovable, unlikable. But because of the Holy Ghost, the love of the Lord shines through. There's a poem that speaks of looking beyond the veneer and seeing the soul within. It's called The Upright and the Uptight. How would you describe them? The beautiful people. Dirty, long-haired, unwashed, good-for-nothing, communist-inspired louts. Peace-loving, socially responsible, politically aware members of society. Rebellious, thankless, self-centered hooligans. Sex-obsessed, pleasure-loving, work-shy, drug addicts. Layabouts, dangerous, destructive anarchists, normal, healthy, red-blooded, hard-working kids. There are more of them than ever before. Healthier because of the balance of their diets. Wealthier because of the balance of payments. They travel more, see more, earn more, spend more, demand more, receive more. Publicize, criticize, idolize, pressurized, analyze, shouted at, shot at, spouted at, spat at. They are pandered to, planned for, pleaded with, and preached about. Cheering, jeering, swinging, singing, learning, burning, hippies, yippies, nudity, crudity, turn, turning on, putting on, dropping out, making out, pot, pop, peel, hairy, scary, drug scene, teen scene, obscene, the whirling world of the restless ones. Whew, I ain't done yet. Meanwhile, back at the church... <laughs> Preachers preach sermons carefully, prayerfully, prepared, expositionally. Uh, I can't say this word, but I know what it means. <laughs> exegetical or jetical. Like exegesis. That don't mean exegesis. <laughs> it's another word. Dispensational, devotional, inspirational, indigestible information leads to illustration leads to invitation leads to integration into congregation membership is increased deacons deek business like and Christ like men running a well old operation budget met baptistry wet regularly membership is satisfied Tithers tithe, large tents in tiny envelopes, like the big man in a tiny coat. <laughs> Faithfully, cheerfully giving, abundantly out of abundance, ensuring membership is comfortable. Choristers chorus, impeccably 
gowned and groomed with an excess of crescendos and sopranos, rousing, rising anthems, membership is inspired. Well-dressed, well-pressed, well-blessed, membership is dismissed. The placid world of church, two worlds on one planet, the woolly, weird youth world, the calm, cool church world, the weak and wild world, the meek and mild world, the rebelling, revolting world, the redeemed, respectable world, the out-of-sight world, the out-of-touch world, and never the two shall, but they must. Author unknown. These two worlds must be met if souls are ever going to find the Lord and make it to heaven. We can't just talk about how bad it is. We've got to go and tell them how good it is. Right? Let's all stand. Ministry of reconciliation. I want to help somebody get to Jesus. Not everybody in the Bible had somebody come to their home or had somebody come to their town. Some just heard about Jesus and went out to meet him. But we can't always depend on the hearing to draw people to Jesus. We have to be the ones to say, I'm thankful for the ones that hear and come, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to compel them. I'm going to go out into the highways, the hedges, the hollers, the main road. I'm going to, I'm going to go out in this community and I'm going to let people know Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. If you believe Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to you, give him some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray that the lesson has been a blessing to you tonight. I want to have revival. I'm not satisfied with just a spurt here and there. Wouldn't it be terrible if your happiness came like we have revival in our day, just every now and then, you'd be a miserable person. I want to have revival. How many wants to have revival with me? Hallelujah. I want to have revival. I want to see young people. I want to see our youth group explode again. I want to see our Sunday school explode again. I want to see this church field again. Amen. It's going to take the ambassadors going out to the foreign. They're not like us. The ones that don't know Jesus ain't like us. They won't even, they won't even sometimes use the same language you use. Sometimes they got their own verbiage. But you got to keep pressing through the profanity to see a soul. you got to press through the rejection to see a soul.
because Jesus went through it all because he looked down through the corridors of time because when he was on the cross I was on his mind oh he knew me yet he loved me he whose glory makes the heavens shine so much mercy so much mercy yet when he was on the cross I was on his mind. A look of love was on his face. Crown of thorns on his head. The blood ran down that scarlet robe and stained it crimson red. Though his eyes were on the crowd that day, he looked ahead in time. Cause when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Oh, I love him. I love him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't forget coming up Sunday, 10 o'clock Sunday school. 11 o'clock we're going to have worship service. And if you know somebody that you've been inviting to come to uh, Sunday school or church and they just say, well, that's just too long, you just tell them to show up at 11. Or tell them to come at 10 they can leave at 11. They need to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. They need to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm expecting for revival to happen. It's already been, already been prophesied that East Kentucky is going to have one of the greatest revivals that's ever happened. And it's going to start right here in East Kentucky. Well, there'd be no greater place in my eyes for it to start than right here at Cornerstone. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, on next Friday night, we'll be gathering here probably 6 o'clock or somewhere in the neighborhood of that. And we're going to be uh, having... A little celebration of me and my wife celebrating 46 years of marriage. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that they was bets placed and people were sitting around their dinner table saying, I give it three months. Because we're just two young kids. That's all we was, just two young kids. But you know what? We had a made up mind. I, I, I had a made up mind. When I married her, I wasn't looking for nobody else. And when she married me, she just had seven. <laughs> but I, I love my wife. I appreciate her, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna keep on, and, and we're gonna go past that fifty mark, and we're gonna just keep on keeping on until the Lord comes back, or we go by the way of the grave, whichever happens. And uh, I, I remember when I first got in church back in the eighties, they was a, a I call him an old man, but now I'm I'm getting close to that. Uh, he was a, he was an older gentleman. And uh, he was celebrating 50 years of being married. And I walked up to him, and I thought I was going to get me some wisdom because I was just a young person, been married a few years. And I said, 
Um, brother, how did you stay married that long? Give me, the, give me some wisdom, the key to being married that long. I never will forget, he wore high waist breeches. You know what them, that's them breeches that come up about right here. He wore them and he put his thumbs down in his belt and he held his coat back a little bit and he said, well, brother, I just stuck it out. <laughs> and I thought, well, there's some wisdom. Sometimes you just got to stick it out. <laughs> but... um Love everybody, love you, want you to do great. Let's have revival and see what the Lord's going to do in this community. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand, tell them you love them, and we'll see you Sunday morning.